No one can predict the future, but if you study history, you just might be able to make an educated guess. In this episode, we'll take a closer look at Infor and identify the top three predictions for 2024. Join us as we explore past developments and the impact they'll have for members of the community going forward. Welcome back. This is RPI Tech Connect, and I'm your host, Chris Airy. Today, we're getting into the good stuff. 2024 Infor ERP predictions. We've got a very special guest joining us. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Keith Whalen, ladies and gentlemen. Keith is RPI Consultant's managing partner, and he's got a crystal ball into the world of Infor. Keith, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Chris. I hope I can live up to, uh, to the hyped intro. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm one of the partners here at RPI. Um, we specialize in providing professional services around uh, ERPs and business applications, uh, primarily surrounding Infor. I've been working in the lawsuit Infor space uh, since 1999, originally as a financials and supply management consultant. Um, and then over time, I progressed to, uh, you know, uh, help support and maintain uh, the growth of this company. Cool, man. We're uh, happy to have you here, and thanks for spending the time. My goal for this episode is to identify, you know, the top three predictions for Infor in 2024. But I think before that we, you know, start talking about those, it'd be a good idea to maybe talk about what happened in 2023 and, and, and even before that. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic. Cool. Um, so yeah, 2023, lots of surprises, changes, curveballs, things that maybe people wouldn't have expected. I think the big one was the, you know, the, the announcement to extend on-prem support to 2030. That was a big, a big, you know, I don't think anyone saw that, but even with like the, you know, the focus on to UX improvements and reporting and just kind of like, you know, listening to what the community was asking for. Um, but what do you think, though? Like, what, what, how did these things come about, and what led to it, and where are we headed? Um, so, I mean, there's a couple, couple layers here. I would say from, uh, from, uh, you know, the the decision to extend support is a good example. Is there's been sort of a cultural change over the last few years, uh, developing an infor, uh, which has prioritized more of a focus into into the long term, right? And so that changes. Uh, your drive to get customers new products, maybe how you position those products, how long you take to, to develop them and support them. Um, and so I, I think that long-term vision revolves or has ended up revolving around a more uh, customer-centric model, right? More based on outcomes and customer satisfaction than necessarily moving software and showing numbers, right? And I think that that's going to have some very, very positive outcomes. Um, I think similarly, when you look at things like the updates to the UI, that's listening to the existing community, right? And adapting to make sure that they're in a position to, you know, <laughs> the best way to get future work is to do good work and get referrals. Um, so I think that's some of what we saw in 2023. Uh, if I can go back a little bit deeper for, for yeah. a second, um, you know, this has been a, a, a long-term evolution into the next generation of, of ERPs. And Danforth is a massive company. They have a lot of, of solutions, right? Giant solution stack. Some various point solutions, various ERP systems, uh, you know, mid-tier, large-tier, across uh, various industries, right? And and um, over the last five years especially, but dating back a decade, 
they have been working on on four primary next generation uh, ERP systems, right? The one that evolved from the system we typically work with called Lawson that uh, went by Cloud Suite for a minute. Now it's called N4FSM, as well as uh, M3, um, Sightline, and LN, right? So those all have, you know, multi-tenant, SaaS-based N4OS. Uh, but, you know, software doesn't get developed overnight, right? And so, <laughs> so, so you know, it's, it's been a process. It's been a process. And in the one that, that, that we focus on, you really see the the end of all that effort, right? The the product reaching maturity. And and you see that based on the functionality there's today, based on there being a complete solution. You know, payroll was the last component about four years ago at WinGA. And you also see that based on the size of the community that is live on this new product, now up to several hundred customers, with a lot of those coming over the last two years. Right. So it's been a it's been a long progression to get here. Um, now, now that they're there, you know, you would ask, well, why do they have four destination ERPs? That's because Infor's uh, strategy is very industry centric, right? And so these these ERPs, they're lined up to do the extra mile to match up with certain lanes that they're in. Very cool, and I, I think some of these things were kind of discussed uh, at the Infor Connect conference last year. I mean. Kind of illustrating where they're headed and what they're focusing on. I mean, absolutely. The Info Connect conference was the was the was the best conference I went to last year. Uh, they have one coming up this year. I think it's in late May. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, I, I highly recommend going. It's the single best place to go and get uh, an understanding of the direction that they're taking with the software. And the single best thing about that conference, which I think is emblematic of where Info is going as a whole, is that. All the presentations are done by product managers and developers, right? So you're not talking so much to the marketing and sales team, though they have a role too, right? It's not about narratives and selling you something. It's about saying, hey, this is what we're seeing, the feedback we're getting from the community, what needs to improve, this is our plan on how to do it, right? And so, you know, this year there's been a very heavy focus around, you know, reporting in general. There's some inherent challenges in uh, multi-tenant SaaS models with reporting. Infor has them front and center. It has some really interesting strategies for how to manage that old data that was done in old systems, right, uh, and different types of transactions that doesn't fit right into new ones, but you want to have access to. Um, you know, right now they have this this data lake to just throw the data in, but it's unstructured, so it's hard to report on. So what they're working on is they call it a lake house, which is kind of cute, right? But it's like it's basically a model for you to put that data in so you can get easy access to it in the future. So they're doing some really great stuff. I feel like, um, you know, sometimes uh, it's hard to get that honed in message until you go there and hear them sort of articulate it. And then you really understand what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's listening, uh, InfoConnect, you should look it up. It's it's well worth your time. And I think what makes it such a unique event, too, is that, like you said, they're actually giving like demonstrations of what the product can do today and what it'll be able to do in the future as opposed to like selling you on the promise or the story or the, you know, the, the typical kind of marketing that you might see for big software companies, right? It's, you know, I, I, absolutely. It's, it's product centric. And I, and I think that's a, that's a very positive direction. I will say when you look at a product, there's a feature functionality it has today, but the feature functionality it has today, the, the needs of your organization are not going to be static over time. Right. Mm. So so when you look at it, you also need to know that this is a company that can not, not only has a mature product, but is continuing to invest in it. Right. 
and is understanding the direction things are going to go, machine learning, uh, uh, AI, right? The areas they're focused in are the right ones from what we see going into the future. And I'll point out the average life cycle of ERP is 20 years, right? It's hard enough for us to see five years into the future. Can you imagine 20? Like, I, I don't even know what the world's going to look like in 20. But I Just think a minor commitment. Yeah, minor <laughs> commitment. <laughs> so I think a big part of that element when you're looking at various ERPs is aligning with one that also has that commitment to make sure that the product is is evolving, right? 15 years ago, this would have been going to the cloud. And for make that commitment, it's it's got those multi-tenant SaaS products. Other ERPs didn't, and they got left in the dust, right? So um, I think that's an important part of it. I think uh, one of the other cool things about the, the Infor Connect is in the name itself, right? It's an opportunity for like-minded folks of the community to connect, but also Absolutely. for for Infor to, like, you know, gather uh, feedback from people. It, it shows that they're really intent on listening and providing what's being asked of them. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we saw some very senior VPs standing in the hotel lobby just talking to customers. And I, uh, it, w- it was wonderful to see, right, because that's a real opportunity to get not feedback that's coming through a survey or through third parties or through what your team is telling you, your customer support mm-hmm. reps and so forth, but directly, right, like what their experience is, what their challenges are, what they're looking for and seeking from that, from that long-term partnership. So I'm hearing some of these predictions kind of come together, but before I uh, we start, you know, specifically box them in here, mm-hmm. there's there's one more thing I want to uh, talk to you about here. It's uh, so we're seeing these developments made and how Infor as a as a company is kind of shifting priorities. But I'm curious, are there any applications in particular in Infor, you know, that are kind of being prioritized more than maybe they were in the past? I mean, I, I think uh, I, I wouldn't say that any are not being prioritized, but what I can see is really growing very quickly and getting a lot of market share of the last few years and seems to have a lot of traction is their workforce management product. This is a, this is a, a very powerful, robust tool, um, has amazing functionality, and it's able to meet some very complex requirements, especially as they relate to to scheduling, right? And you look at you look at scheduling requirements in, in areas such as healthcare, which is a really big deal with nursing shifts and the types of nurses, and you know within maybe cities where you have maybe police and, and firemen and so forth. Um, so it's very we're very excited about that product. Everyone's very excited as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, workforce management seems to be all the buzz. I uh, I suspect it's due to some of the things that we've been seeing happen in the like. The general workforce with with shifts in like retention and employee engagement, and I think that WFM is like a a good application for managing those those priorities. But absolutely, it is it's cool to see that you know uh, it's kind of I don't know I wouldn't say coming into its own, but like it's definitely percolating. I mean, right? I, I would say that I would say that, that that several of these and WFM is one of them, right? Um, they're ready for prime time, right? These products are fully baked. And I think that, you know, uh, I wish uh, Infor was more marketing-centric because that helps get the word out. But sure. this is the best-kept secret in the industry, right? It's like the, when when people start looking at these products and seeing what they can do and how they operate and the level of usability, um, I think they're going to be very impressed. Nice. Okay. All right. So I think we've got, I think we've got our top three. Um, and the first two are kind of, they kind of go together, but I see here 
uh, leaning into the partner-centric ecosystem. When you look at a conference like InforConnect, it's, it's creating a platform for people to communicate and share feedback and empower the people who are working with them to you know, deliver these solutions. And on the other side of that is prediction number two here, which is product improvement. It's taking priority. Maybe they're shifting away from this uh, you know, services organization and being more focused on product so that in turn they can help their partners enable their partners to deliver this best-in-breed type product. Would you, would you agree with that? I, I totally do. And I think both of those really come down to a shift in term, into a long-term vision from a short-term one, right? There's different operating priorities and goals that the, the Infor has right now. Nice. And then, and then the last one here is this continued emphasis on workforce management. It seems like there's a, an emerging market, and WFM is arguably the best uh, application for workforce management needs. And I think that we're going to continue to see that kind of uh, emerge, not, maybe not emerge, but capitalize on the, uh, the vacant or, I guess, the need for it, right? Well, I mean, there's a need for it. I, I think that the, the, the main driver right now of people implementing the systems is not that they're going without, right? People have systems in place. They have to schedule today. They have to track time. They have to manage their payroll and their financials. It's going from these old technologies that were on-premise, uh, needed heavy maintenance, and were transaction-driven, right? So... Um, I'm capturing this data and maybe I can report on it to this new generation that's sort of process driven. How does it work for an invoice to flow through the organization? What are the different people touching it, right? Um, how does the payroll come from the time coming in and all the pieces that go, they go throughout that? So um, it's uh, there's an opportunity for people that are on old technology <laughs> to take advantage of these products that are next gen and, and, and ready for prime time. Cool. It, it, WFM, it, it's it's one of those applications you hear and you think like, oh, I have something else that that manages those those tasks, but it, it really is its own animal and it does things that other like solutions aren't doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so I would I would look at the the primary ones is uh, is automation of manual tasks, you know, uh, ability to to identify and manage exceptions, um, and increased productivity from your from your workforce, you know. The scheduling being a big one too, right? There's like a self-service component to that where, where folks can like log in and, and make their own schedules. And it's just... So so it depends, right? I mean, usually there's a central person that organizes it to make sure that you're fully staffed, but there's <laughs> definitely requests that go out there and trades and, you know, it's a little bit different in each organization and there's, there's certainly some complexity. But again, I, there's a lot of opportunity for improvement in that. And, and this is a tool that will allow you to do that. Okay. So, so we've got our top three predictions, and I guess it's really only a matter of time to see how these, these take shape in 2024. We're just in the beginning here, but uh, you know, as we've seen in years prior, lots of things can change, lots of things, lots of things can happen. But I'm optimistic, and it seems like an exciting time for the industry and, and those of the M4 community. Absolutely. Um, so with that, though, I'm wondering, before we, uh, we wrap up here, if is there any piece of advice that you would offer today's audience or, or you know, those in the Infor community, given these predictions, how are, how are folks supposed to respond? You know, what can they do? You know, I, I, 
I look at this stuff that we're talking about today, and I, and I consider myself a student of I've seen this evolution for 24 years, right? From the days of Lawson to the info acquisition, the migration to Cloud Suite, the introduction of WFM, all these other components. And um, I, I consider myself an expert in that area because it's what I follow every day, right? And I, and I think leveraging expertise would, would be my advice. It's like if you have a legal situation, you hire a lawyer. Why do you hire a lawyer? Because they know the context, the terms. They know how to navigate the systems, how to, how to advocate for you, right? And, uh, and that exists in every, in every walk of life. And I think if you're evaluating ERPs, uh, if you're looking at M4, um, you know, and it's not just self-serving, but there's other experts out there, you should lever- leverage that community, right? Like we've been following this for a long time. You know, we know, we know what approaches work and which ones will have challenges. Yeah, that's a great point too. It's like, it's one thing to buy software. It's another to like implement it and maximize it to the, you know, to the best of its ability. And sometimes like you think about these organizations, like they're focused on their own goals and priorities and like an ERP system is to help support that. So leverage the, the resources available, to, you know, to, to optimize that, that solution. Well, right? and, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll add to that is, uh, um, there's a lot of smart people out there in all these organizations and they can figure it out, <laughs> but, uh, but it's like, why reinvent the wheel? Like, like if it's going to take a long time to figure out something that somebody else already solved, yes. right? Like, why not just take the solution right there and save the time? So we call it taking the same hill twice, you know. Nice. I like that. That's that's a good point. Um, well, is there anything else you want to share uh, before we wrap up here today? No, just that I'm uh, I'm very excited about this about this about this podcast. I'm uh, I'm grateful uh, to yourself and to to your team for putting this together. And you know, I I think that for us, if you go back to twenty years ago. It's always been a core strategy to put information out into the mar- market, right? And uh, it's nice to find different avenues through which to do that. And yeah, I hope that we can, over time, give folks things that are helpful to them to understand, you know, what's happening across this uh, product landscape. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate the kind words. We're excited to be doing this podcast. Our goal, like you said, is to put the good word out there and help people understand what's what's happening in this landscape. Uh, For those of you tuning in, we appreciate you stopping by. We hope you found these predictions useful. If you've got a question about today's episode or you want to learn more about how we arrived at these predictions or something else in general, feel free to contact us at podcast at rpic.com. Again, that's podcast at rpic.com. Thanks for your time and see you next time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Keith.